welcome back to another episode of Friends of the Vine Wine Podcast. So, episode 56. So this episode will feature Justin and Eric from the Burndown Podcast. The Burndown Podcast is a podcast focusing on cigars and the cigar culture and everything that goes along with it. Lots of great, uh, lots of great conversations. Fun guys. Um, they have a YouTube channel as well. Lots of conversations about, you know, uh, the different things that go with it. Um, be it drinks, be it fashion, be it the the culture of of cigars. And it's a fun, relaxed chat that they have. They're shooting the shit, talking about life in general, and that's the great thing about cigars is you can sit there and enjoy it and have a drink and just talk about a lot of things right so i followed them and uh was listening to their show and i noticed that one of the one of the uh, shows one of the podcasts they were uh, drinking some wine and enjoying their cigars so i thought why not have these guys on and we can we can chat and see what they're up to and see what kind of wines they like and what wines go well with cigars and of course as you guys know there's so many things that pair well with cigars be it port, be it scotch, be it wine. So we started talking about the types of wines that go well with cigars. So it's a good good conversation. So we'll get into that in a second. Uh, one of the things we talk about quite a bit, actually, is some of the conversation about master psalms and wine tasting and blind tasting. Obviously, their familiarity isn't as good as, uh, as some, some people. So I kind of explained a few of the things about blind tasting and what it takes to become a master song for myself i i guess i really like there's a few people that i follow and and listen to and, and watch uh on how they blind taste talking about blind tasting in, in in particular and there's two master psalms actually that i follow quite a bit and one is um sabato sigaria who's been on our on this podcast a couple times now a great uh, friend of the show a fellow friend of the vine and uh, the other guy is Jay Fletcher, and he's another master psalm. I've, I've not had him on yet. I would love to have him on. Uh, he is someone that's featured regularly on Psalm TV. As you guys know, I'm a big fan and uh, and big supporter of, of Psalm TV and, and all the things that Jason Wise and his team are doing there. So, uh, you know, it's, it's content that I, that I watch quite a bit and, and listen to, and they go into a lot of the kind of tips and tricks about about blind tasting and it just it reminded me because uh i was at uh at my father-in-law's house the other day daryl as you guys know from the barbecue sessions we were hanging out and every once in a while he'll bring out a wine and i'll say to him just don't let me know don't tell me ahead of time don't let me see the bottle don't let me know ahead of time and i'll try and and try and guess what it is at least at least guess what what grape it is and what region is from and uh, Jay is really good for a lot of the tips and tricks about how to blind taste and kind of those. We talk about the grid. So when, when I'm having this conversation, you'll hear later with uh, Justin and Eric, we talk about the grid and the different things that you're looking for. So what is it that you're looking for when you immediately, you know, look at your wine? What are you looking for? And when you smell your wine, you know, your, the fruit, the earth, the wood. You know your your flowers, your spices, uh, the you know the different things that you're looking for. You know how it feels on your palate when you taste it, right? How it feels on your cheeks. Is there a lot of acid? What is that telling you? You know you're swallowing it. You're 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 checking your alcohol content, and all those checklists that they do in their head of okay, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling a lot of acid. I'm feeling my my cheeks are just. You know, it's mouth-watering, a lot of acid. Okay, it's taking me down a different path. The tannins, how much am I feeling it? The You know, the grit on the inside of your mouth. Um, you know, you can kind of, you feel it. You run, your, you run your tongue along your teeth and you can feel it. You swallow the alcohol content. How much of a burn are you getting? 
and all these kind of techniques that they've learned over the years to distinguish between is it high alcohol, medium alcohol, low alcohol, they're going to the point when you get to the master psalm level of knowing, okay, is it 15%, 14, 14.5%. Okay, if it's 14.5%, it's telling me this. If it's 13%, it's telling me this. So that's how that's how dialed in they are. They go through the they go through the grid. They go through all the different, uh, like I said, fruit, earth, spices, all all the different things that is that is given them. Is there you know are they tasting that um, that chalkiness on on the um, on the wine? Are they smelling it? Are they smelling truffles? Are they smelling you know the dried fruit versus fresh fruit? You know how much oak, right? Is it uh, is it new world, old world? Right? How much oak are they are they are they smelling? Are they smelling that vanilla? Are they thinking it's new oak? Uh, all those kind of factors that they're starting to factor in to to take them down a certain path of where this wine is from, what the grape is, what the region is, and all these all these techniques that they're using to kind of flow down a certain pathway and where is it leading them? So it, great content from guys like Jay Fletcher and, and Sabato Segaria on you know those those tips and tricks to to kind of narrow it down to make those final decisions that they do when they when they blind taste let's get right into this episode with uh, justin and eric we actually start the conversation as as uh, as they have had in the past as well as myself we start the conversation with trying to remember to turn on the record button because it happens um, you get right into that conversation you get you get involved with chatting with somebody and we, we do so much chatting off you know off recording there's a lot of uh you know a lot of stuff beforehand there's a lot of stuff after that doesn't necessarily always get recorded and uh sometimes you know you just forget to hit that record button one last thing before we start and it's a shout out to my friend nicole muscari who is uh been a, on the show friend of the show uh, aka grape chic I had actually asked her for some local wine recommendations from New York, from the Finger Lakes in particular, because uh, Justin and Eric were asking me for some recommendations, which you'll hear later on. And I wanted to be specific for their area because they're in New York. There's obviously some great great wine coming out of New York, coming out of Virginia, and that, that whole area. So I reached out to her to get some specific local recommendations from the Finger Lakes. I asked her to share those with them and um, put them in put them in the right direction for some some nice uh, wines out of that area to go with their cigars. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's get right into it. I did it once. I was like 12 minutes in with a guy that It'd take me, it'd take me months to get this guy. He's a winemaker down in California and 12 minutes in and I'm like, I'm sorry. Can we start again? He's like, fuck, (laughs) I just felt like such a noob, right? Rookie move, hashtag rookie move, right? (laughs) There you go, proper use of the term. Well, we actually, uh, that happened to us. We had a, a guest, it was a cigar maker and we did the whole interview and then we were doing it on Zoom and we were recording the Zoom call so that we can have his video and we could overlay it onto our video. And we got done with the whole thing and we went to export the video and it never exported. The video just disappeared and we never had it. And we're like, oh. So we had to schedule him again the next day and redo the whole video. We did the whole interview. It was like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. We had to ask the same questions, the same. It was, it was like deja vu, but got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, and I mean, everyone's busy and everyone's, you're, you're trying to get someone and you're trying to get on their schedule, your schedule. And just sometimes it happens. Right. And, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm ready. Let's get it going. I'm excited. Yeah. Ready. I'm, I'm excited to open up, uh, whatever this bottle of wine is. I have no clue. Same Never had it before. We're going to give it a whirl. Nice. I don't have anything currently just cause it's, it's only two o'clock for me. So, um, I'll be having a nap by four if I start now. So <laughs> five o'clock somewhere and it's five o'clock right here. It's five o'clock right there. Yep. Well, in, in the next uh, half hour, I might change my mind and my way cracks. Them. I got, I got a bit of, a little bit of wine behind me here. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. <laughs> I was going to say, I can see it, see a little bit of it. Yeah. 
we basically converted about a quarter of our garage. It's a tandem garage. So we basically took about a quarter of it and built, um, one of my neighbors does all these like little projects and little like renos and stuff. And he basically built this, built this whole room that I'm in. It's about 200, we can hold about 250 bottles in there. Is it just room temperature or does it have a cooler as well? It's got a, it's got a cooler, yeah. It's got a little small uh, refrigeration unit in there or AC unit or whatever you want to call it. And oh, nice. uh, I, actually leave, I actually put my scotch in there. I've got everything in there. So yeah, all the glasses, everything is ready to go. Yeah. I like your, uh, I like your, um, your little studio as well. Uh, you guys have been, you've been pushing it up a little bit lately, uh, adding lots of uh, stuff to the walls and decor and stuff. Yes, we have. We've, um, we're trying to just upgrade a little bit every, every time we, I mean, when you look back at the first ever episode, it kind of looked like Eric's screen right now. Cause he's at his, uh, he's in at his apartment. Um, but we started adding some stuff and we added some wall, some stuff over there. We got a rookie move counter now. Um, it's actually brutal because when I was working today, uh, I didn't want my TV just to be like off. So I was like, what can I have playing in the background? I said, it's Friday. I'll have, I'll have the burn down playing in the background today on YouTube. So we, I had the second episode playing of our podcast, which is like almost two years ago in July. And like, just watching, just watching us like talk and listen to the things that we're saying. I'm like, oh, and there, just how it looked. I was like, this is mortifying. Like, there was no personality <laughs> between us. There was no personality on the walls. Like, we just had no, we had no like identity. And it was like, I was like, why is this on YouTube right now? This is so hard to watch and listen to. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, the first couple of ones I did, I think like the fourth or fifth one was basically two of the guys two of the guys I've been trying to get forever and the same thing where it's like super early and not really knowing what to ask or or how to lay it out and then the other thing was basically at that point I'd already hit two of the guys I really wanted to talk to and so I'm like well now what right you know they were kind of like in my top three top five guys I wanted to chat with I'm like well now what do I do <laughs> you know do I keep going do I not keep going you know yeah Definitely. Yeah, we we've been we know how we know how that goes. Certainly. Well, I want to crack open this bottle of wine. I mean, yeah, go for it, dudes. I know you guys have talked about this on your own show, but uh, how did you guys decide? Let's make a cigar podcast. Let's make let's make a show specifically about cigars. Yeah, Ooh. Uh, so um, whoa, that that came out pretty easily, actually. Um, so yeah. we'll kind of do like a, a split. Uh, uh, telling this story here, I'll tell half it, and I'll let Eric tell the other half. But um. We had started because I, I work with Eric's father, and Eric's father has uh, has barbecues and invites everybody over. It's not a big office. There's only him and myself in the office, but he invites all the friends over to barbecues. And I came over. This is going back seven years, maybe eight years. I came over, and Eric and I hit it off immediately. We just be became really good friends, and we just grew the friendship from there because I was coming over. We started hanging out uh, outside of those barbecues. And we both like cigars. I had started a cigar Instagram just because I'd really gotten into cigars after my uh, starting the beginning of the college years and then started really diving into it after that. Started a cigar Instagram and then Eric started one about a year later and we're both in, into cigars. So we decided to try to start a cigar um, subscription service and that didn't quite work out. Uh, there's a number of subscription services out there. And then we decided to do a cigar magazine. And then we were like, well, you know, what the heck are we doing? The magazines are kind of a thing of the past. Everything is uh, digital nowadays. Um, and now here's where I'll pass it over to Eric because he was really familiar with, with podcasts. And he'll tell you kind of his thought process behind it and when he came to me with the idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, my brothers got me really involved into podcasts, um, listening and watching on YouTube a lot. Uh, mainly like most of the comedians like um, Joe Rogan, uh, Bill Burr, Joey Diaz, Tom Segura, all those guys. And they all have these podcasts, but they also have like a show on YouTube, which is their podcast. And I would just lay in bed and watch for hours. And I was like, man, I was like, I could do this. I could do this. I mean, what, how can I utilize this? So uh, I thought of me and Justin or Justin and I, and I said, dude, we are in the cigar lounge all the time. We're, we're, we're talking about whatever's going on in our lives. We're talking about business. We're talking about, should it work? We're talking about 
good times, bad times, sports. I said, you know, we're, and we're very vibrant guys. We have good personalities. And uh, I said, let's try and do a podcast that kind of just mainly does that. We'll take the cigar lounge feeling to, uh, to the internet audience. And then uh, hence the burn down was born. That's kind of like the, uh, the little background that we have, the, our podcast. Well, and, and I know like there's not a ton of cigar shows. I mean, there's definitely not a ton of cigar shows to me that is your style where kind of like the way I do it as well. You know, you sometimes you're just shooting the shit and, and you're, I know your guys' show is very, you know, very casual, very conversational. Right. And there's not a lot out there where that fit that kind of, that fit that, that, um, that niche, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, that's kind of, we want to separate ourselves. Cause I mean, there's a lot of different YouTube cigar channels out there and there are obviously some cigar podcasts. There are cigar podcasts out there, but, we just try to deviate from, you know, the regular norm. And we really don't think there's any other podcast that does what we do. I mean, there's, they are cigar podcasts. Like I said, there are people they talk, but a lot of it is based around just cigars. And we love to talk about cigars and we love to have cigar topics, but we want to make it a kind of a conversation. Because if someone doesn't like cigars wants to listen to us, you know, we want, we want to give them that opportunity. You know, we just don't want to be exclusively for cigar smokers. So if you just like to listen to two guys, you know, shoot the, kick the breeze or shoot the breeze or whatever, you know, you're more than welcome to listen. Or uh, if you like cigars and you like to kick the breeze, I have at it. So we're trying to make it a, uh, a full circle podcast just based around cigars. Yeah. And that's kind of where, where I'm at as well. Like I don't, and for me as well, it's, it's, I don't necessarily, I don't interview anybody that I don't want to interview. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't just interview random people for the sake of it. I will make sure it's somebody that I want to, well, at the end of the day, sorry. Thanks for making us feel special. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, I don't, I don't want it. It has to mean something to me as well. Right. As the person at the other end of the mic, I want it to mean something. And, and so if it's not, if it's not a winemaker that I want to talk to, or if it's not a, a wine writer or whatever, then, you know, it's, it's, if it doesn't, yeah, if it doesn't hold my interest, then, uh, then what's the point, right? Because it's not, for me, it's not just about a Q&A kind of thing, right? It's, it's having this connection. And I mean, we've been, we've been chatting on Instagram and stuff, right? And so there's those connections, right? You got to have that, that meaning, right? Of course. How did you, because I always like to hear how people come across our podcasts. How did you come across this? Was it Instagram or? It, yeah, Instagram for sure. And then um, obviously the, the YouTube channel and then, and then um, you know, putting on the podcast. And so, like at my work, I'll, I'll have my headphones on at work and uh, I'll usually have the podcast going at work. Usually because my, my coworker is pretty noisy, so I try and drown them out, right? So <laughs> <laughs> That's always good. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I'll have, I'll have one of the shows going in the background, right? Usually whatever the latest show is. So I'm not as diligent as you guys. Like you guys have been pretty solid with getting them out there like every week, right? Every yeah. Friday, yes. Yeah, every Friday. Yeah, I yeah. Think, debated. I think, uh, we missed only two weeks since we started. I think there hasn't been an episode for two two weeks. One was I think our first year. I think it was New Year's Eve, and then maybe last year during quarantine or something. I can't remember. You remember, Justin? I know. I know. I know. One was for Christmas. I know one. We we did a Christmas episode, but released it the week before the week before Christmas, and like Christmas Day, we didn't release anything. Um, and then I think the, another yeah, one might've been either, might, might've been either New Year's Eve, um, or New Year's day or during like the first quarantine hit and we couldn't be together. We didn't drop one that, that, uh, Friday. Yeah. But we've been pretty diligent with it. Well, and that's the other thing is that there's a lot of people that are, you know, stuck at home or whatever. And, and having the, having a show to watch or having a podcast to listen to. It's, you know, I'm sure that your, your listenership's probably gone up a little bit this last year. Yes. Yes. It certainly, it certainly has. And we, uh, you know, we had talked about coming out of quarantine. We wanted to be better, uh, individually in our, in our own personal lives and then with the podcast as well. And we just continued, we thought the same thing that you just said is that people are going to be home. They're going to be wanting to tune into the television. They're going to be wanting to listen to all of their, they want to consume all of their entertainment as opposed to going out to restaurants and, and physically consuming it, they're going to digitally consume it. So we wanted to just not miss the beat and continue to 
put out our episodes so that people could do that. Yeah. And during, during the quarantine, that's where we kind of took a shift and we said, well, how else? Cause we, we, we made two episodes during quarantine of just ourselves. So we're like, all right, do we FaceTime and record it or uh, like how else are we going to do it? So we thought of a great idea to make burner accounts on Instagram where no one else follows us. And we go live and record the live and that would be our episode. <laughs> and it was absolutely horrendous. So I said, dude, I don't think this is going to work. I don't think this is going to be uh, to the viewing pleasure. Is not going to be there? So I said, well, what else can we do? So we thought of, you know, just interviewing any kind of guests on it on that we know from Instagram. We talked to all these different people in the community between whiskey, um, bourbons, cigars, uh, fashion. So we said, well, let's try to get these people on the podcast and it kind of correlates to understanding who they are as a person not just knowing who they are on instagram and uh, i think it was like eight nine weeks or so we had a different guest just from instagram that we messaged to have on the podcast and that was kind of our little differentiating factor i've definitely used the uh, instagram for me as well as uh it's so easy people are very receptive and i mean it's it's the it's there's lots of correlations right like scare community very opening, very welcoming wine community, very opening, very welcoming. So same thing. If they're on Instagram, boom, fire them a message. I've gotten so many different people, winemakers, uh, master songs, you know, um, whatever, you know, authors, whatever, whatever, right. Wine critics, whatever, just boom, fire message. It's just getting, getting schedules. And sometimes you have to be, they call me patient, but persistent. It's like, okay, no, no worries. Okay. Boom. Three weeks later. Hey, how's it going? Right. Just keep, just keep, pushing a little bit here and there and then sooner or later you get that person yeah i mean you are definitely uh persistent and patient because i mean <laughs> you reach out back out back think at the end of december or beginning of january and we're like ah, i can't do it ah but it's, we're the same way you know it's like we we reach out to people and it's like oh you know this it's like all right well, no problem we'll get back to you all right no problem we'll get back to you but it's to a certain extent like like to yourself it's not where it's like that annoying like hey 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 it's like all right i'll reach out to you in like three or four weeks Hey, what's going on? Oh, I can't do it. All right, no problem. Reach out to you another three or four weeks. Kind of yeah. Coming by and just dropping in. Yeah, just checking in. Okay. All right. Well, it's all right. Well, it's harvest time. Okay. Well, I'll see you. I'll see you in a month. Yeah. We'll chat. Yeah, we'll exactly. chat. That was bottling time. Okay. Well, I'll see you in a month. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's a exactly. lot. Exactly. People's schedules are yeah. crazy, and it's hard to it's hard to get on that. Yeah, for sure. What are you guys drinking about? I might go crack some wine myself, and I'm getting jealous. Uh, I don't think a brand makes this. So this is one of my customers who's an electrical contractor. This is their homemade wine they gave to me for Christmas. So I don't know what it is. It has their logo on it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a little sour, but you know, it's getting the job done. Oh boy. And I'm, I'm drinking. So I, I think that this was just in a, uh, one of those gift baskets that you get for Christmas or it's a company called, Batiglia Valori. It's a Sangiovese a Rubicon, a product of Italy. And I don't know much about it. Again, it was in all of the all of the higher end bottles of wine are, mm. are aging. They are they are for special occasions. Not yeah. saying that this isn't a special occasion, but I uh, they weren't they weren't quite ready to drink. They were too young, so they're sitting there. But this one was. I'm like, you know what? I looked it up. It said it was going to be. Uh, notes of cherry, earth, and spice. Like, okay, that's right up my alley. I like that. Let's uh, have a full-bodied cigar with it. And so far, it's not bad. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the thing is you, you like, so, I mean, obviously, I, I you know, I dabble in, in, you know, the odd cigar here and there. Beyond, yeah, beyond the scotch and beyond coffee and beyond the different other things that go so well with cigars, having that, yeah, having that full-bodied wine, like having a Sangiovese, uh, just goes super well, right? Like having a Chianti or having even like a Napa cab. Like you guys had that, you guys had that cab there last week. I think it was. Um, yeah. The, uh, the smoking, smoking loon. Yeah. I think it was, that was another Christmas bottle of wine. And it, and it just turned out that it was, somebody had got it for us because we're obviously cigar smokers and they saw the name smoking loon. They're like, Hey, we'll get it for you. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, mm -hmm. yeah. but you're right. A nice, a nice, I, 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 typically like Napa cabs. I like the full bodied, um, heavy, rich flavors and it goes well with full bodied cigars, which Eric and I tend to lean more towards. We do smoke mild cigars. I mean, 
I'm not, I don't want to speak for Eric, but we, we typically smoke more medium to full bodied. So the Napa cab would, would really pair well with that. Yeah. I'm a, I like the, you know, I, I stick with the two. I like Malbec and the Chianti. I, I don't know what it is. I'm, do you, do you drink white wine a lot? I, I don't a ton. It's, it's one of my goals. I, I've been, I'm kind of goal driven the last couple of years where I'm trying to pick regions and, and explore regions more. And also overall, I'm trying to pick more white wines and trying to just, just get a little bit more under my, under my palate. You know what I mean? Sure. So uh, let me ask you this. So, uh, you, do you know, uh, obviously the show home improvement with Don? Yeah. 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 So if you had to think of my father, he's like Tim Allen on home improvement, right? So when I first started drinking alcohol, he, I had a glass of white wine and he was like, Eric, white wine, it's for women. Red wine is that where it's men. And I said, all right, dad, no problem. So ever since I've been 21, that was my, that's how I've been. I always drink just red wine. You know, this is what my dad said. So I don't know what the, I don't know what the, what the give and take is about white wine or red wine, but I always thought it was funny. So I said, you know what? I'm coming on a podcast with the, with the wine guy. I have to see what his, understanding is because you know my dad can be a little crazy sometimes so i'm like (laughs) really is it really what people think or is it just his way of thinking yeah it depends what you want out of wine and i think the red versus white it's a classic you know it depends what you were getting out of it right because i mean there's two different taste profiles all together so generally the white wines are sweeter tasting fruitier the red wines are going to be drier, more earthy, leather, chocolate, uh, you know, all the kind of things that you're looking for in, in what, you know, what you're looking for in the wines, right? The reds versus, versus whites. And then the same thing with the regions, like you, you're picking like Malbec and Chianti, which is great, great, uh, great wines to go with cigars. Tempranillo, like Rio, like Rioja. Sorry, what were you saying? No, I said and steak. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is it's also depending what you're eating as well, right? Like if you're having a, if you're having some ribs or you're having a steak or whatever, right? The, the red's going to go with it. Yeah. So that's a, uh, go ahead, Just. I was going to say, that's a great um, comparison. I'm glad you said that Ian, because we talk about that on our podcast all the time as people ask us, you know, what do I, what do I uh, smoke? Like how do I pair it with certain, with certain drinks? And, I always say that, you know, cigars and wine are very, very similar in that white wines are typically going to be sweeter and fruitier. Uh, Mild cigars are typically going to be a little bit fruitier, a little bit uh, more floral. And white wines typically have a lot of floral notes when you on the aromas versus red wines going to be more earthy, spicy, going to be leathery. That's the same as when it comes to full bodied cigars that they, they really kind of complement each other. So we always say, and it goes with what you're eating too, right? If you're going to eat chicken or fish, you might want to have a white wine. If you're going to eat steak or lamb, you're going to have a red wine. The same thing with cigars. If somebody says, oh, what, what kind of cigar should I have after dinner? I go, well, what did you eat? Hmm. Did you eat chicken and fish? You don't want to go with a full-bodied smoke. It, well, you can, but it might just overpower everything. You might want to go with a milder one. It'll complement all the food that you had. That's a good point because – if you were to have a white wine with a cigar, you would want something that is like, I think in just in general, you're going to want bigger wines, right? Cause it's got to cut through, it's got to cut through everything. So, so say like if you were going to do whites, I would go like Riesling, Riesling or something with like lots of acid um, or even like a, like a big shard, right? Cause it's like just something big because you got to cut through that. You got to cut through that cigar a little bit. Right. Um, and then yeah, the same, or, with, or same with the reds too. Yep. Or sweet too. Yep. Like the Riesling, the sweetness, because we've always had, we drink uh, some of the podcasts, we have Grand Marnier, or we like a, a nice little cognac or a cordial or something, because the sweetness helps balance out the spiciness that you get from a cigar. So Riesling is an excellent one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or even like a, yeah, like a creamy, creamy, because you'll have like those creamier cigars, right? So if you have like a shard or something, it's a bit, bit creamier. What cigars do you, I know you said you're the occasional cigar smoker, but do you have like certain cigars that you like to smoke when you're drinking? Well, I mean, we can talk about the Padron. Yes. Hey, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that, I mean, that ranks up there, right? Like that's, that's going to be one of the, one of those premium ones that you're going to have 
for myself, it's, it's going to be more of a, like you said, a special occasion type. When you're pulling out the nice wine, you're pulling out a nice cigar, right? So I think that would be one of the, one of the top ones for me. And actually, we, we talked about the, um, the, the lower, the kind of the lower ones with like the Romeo and Julieta type ones, right? Yes. Um, yeah, those are classic. And I, I yeah. think that was Justin's first cigar, right? You said one? Yes, the Romeo and Juliet 1875 Bully. That was my first premium cigar. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's, I think that was probably my, one of my first ones as well back in the day. Back in like grade 12 prom, you know, kind of time, you know what I mean? Right? Mm-hmm. It's always a go-to. It's always a classic. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about Nicaragua. Like I reached out to, uh, to you guys and we're talking about different, uh, different countries and stuff and um, what, you're, what you're getting out of different, different cigars and stuff, right? Like Nicaraguan cigars. And, but I mean, there's so many options, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Nicaraguan and that goes with Padron because Padron's are Nicaraguan puros. And the Nicaraguans tend to give you a lot more spice and, and bring a little bit more richer flavors some fuller flavors. You're going to get more of the pepper spice, black pepper, not really baking spice type. More of the uh, cayenne pepper, black pepper, white pepper, a lot of leather in there. So that would go great with Napa Cab or uh, something that's going to be really full bodied, something rich, something those two are going to pair really well. Um, but it's nice because it's like we're, I, again, you go back to the different regions, right? What, and there's a, a, a saying that says, what grows together goes together. Um, so some of the regions, um, some of like the South American regions that uh, are growing wines, would probably pair very well with cigars because they're grown in the same, in that mm-hmm. same belt, if you will. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, uh, I totally get what you're saying. It is the same with. It's the same with wine, um, with even with like, I mean, yeah, pretty much anything that, uh, thinking Italian, right. Thinking about, you know, tomatoes or cheese or anything that, that goes so well with, uh, with wine. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a documentary called Somm, S-O-M-M. It was on Netflix for a while. It's on Amazon prime now. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it at all. I'm assuming that it's someone yay. Yeah. A, a wine documentary. Mm. Yeah. So the first one. Oh, well, not seen it, but I've seen it. I've seen it like on Netflix. Okay. The first one is basically four guys going for their master psalm exam. And it's kind of a bit of a behind the scenes, you know, all the work that it takes and all the, you know, kind of all the stuff they have to do to prepare and uh, just kind of follows their journey and stuff. Right. Uh, and then the second one is basically more about kind of, 10 small stories about different areas within wine. So like one is just about making barrels and, and all it takes to go in, into barrel making. One is like the earthquakes down in California and how it affected the wine industry. So the kind of these, these short, like these short clips. One of the guys that I, I wanted to, I've been, I was dying to talk to, I finally got him on. I, like I said, within the first couple episodes and he was the one who said, Oh, you know, you should really put it out on SoundCloud. You know, there's lots of, this is where the SoundCloud thing was came up. He's, he's like, oh, you should really put it on SoundCloud. You'll get lots of people, and I'm going to promote it through SoundCloud. And then ever since the, after that one, nothing. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, what's the algorithm that I need to do to get SoundCloud to work? I didn't even realize it's a mystery, man. Was a podcast. I just thought it was I, I, I thought it was for mixtapes. Yeah, that's how I <laughs> growing up. That's what it was for me, just mixtapes and upcoming rappers. Yeah, yeah. My One of my neighbors, uh, his, his son is uh, – all over he's gonna be the next dj dj tiesto or something and uh he's all over soundcloud um yeah that's that's what it's really yeah for like djs and and like eric said rappers mixtapes that's definitely what it's for but so you had said so you'd said that show som s-o-m-m you had the first the first part was talking about master uh four guys trying to get their master uh uh, what is it a uh, certificate or yeah designation yeah designation so my yeah. uh, one of my good friends is he works in uh in one of the a really nice restaurant in, in manhattan and he's actually a level level one som and he was talking about the different levels and he says that and his level one was he said it was just it was extremely difficult to be able to like, you basically have to get a perfect score on the test and they hand you a wine and you have to pretty much say what the wine is in order to pass your class and that's just level one 
And you're saying that to get all the way up to, I don't know how many levels there are, but to get to the mastery, say there's only, you know, maybe what, 20 people in the world that have mastery. I'm not sure what the number is, but he said it's a very small number as to how many people there are in the world that have mastered someone yay. Yeah, it's about, it's about 300, um, but that's like global. So, global. yeah, I mean, um, you know, like Canada on its own, we only have about 40, I would say, uh, or not even, you know, 20 of those 300. You know, the U.S. has probably got the bulk of it, but you got the U.K., you've got everywhere, right? So, that, so there's only 300 total. And then you've got advanced, they're called the advanced psalm, which is one down. And you would have to get that designation in order to try for the master song. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think they basically need to, one of the final, there's three parts, basically. There's theory, um, which uh, this is a written, there's a written exam. There's a oral, oral exam, which uh, you basically, so it's three, four parts. There's a, a written, there's an oral where basically they'll ask you questions orally. They'll ask you all these various questions. In this wine region in Chile, what is the what is the native grape of this particular uh, region, sub-region? So just the, like some of the most obscure things. And then when it comes, and then there's a service part as well. Uh, and then the uh, then there's a blind tasting. And you basically, I think you need about 75%, uh, 75, 80%, which is, they give you six wines. You basically need four out of six. You basically need to nail four out of six wines. So they give you three red, three white, and you basically nail you basically nail perfectly four out of six wines. I mean, that's just just think about think about the number you said three hundred about three hundred people yeah. on the planet yeah that are at this level. There's like seven seven and a half billion people on the planet yeah, and only three hundred of them yeah. are at this level. Like you are in the cream of the crop, my friend. Like, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, and that's and then so I've had a few of those guys on my show. So that was for me. That was some of the highlights of of having guys like that and being able to just, yeah, talk about their journey and, and just, you know, and then, so this Psalm movies, actually, actually I've had the director as well of the Psalm films. I've had him on as well. So, and just talking about just even him talking about all the kind of stuff he had to do to get this film out. And, and a lot of the kind of behind the scenes um, stuff that the, that, that was filmed and just trying to get that access, you know what I mean? And trying to get that, get that filming. They wouldn't let them blind. They wouldn't let them in with the blind tastings. They wouldn't let them show any of the blind tastings. So super, super hard for them to just get, get through. You know what I mean? Super secret. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, they, uh, it's like, a, like one of those like Freemason lodge meetings. They don't know what the heck <laughs> mm-hmm. You come out and you're like, yeah, you're like, uh, you got a robe on and, uh, <laughs> Don't know what hit you. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell did this guy just do? So, what, what are they? What are they? When you do these testings, what are they looking for? Like the, the certain grapes, or they got to tell them the regions? Like, what do they have to decipher? So you're you're basically it's let's I, the way I look at it is it's like a math it's like a math equation where you just can't give me the final result. You gotta you gotta show me how you get. So it's a, a deduction, right? How yeah. how did you get to that? How did you get to that? So what are you what are you pulling out from the wine? Be it what yeah what aromas that you're that you're smelling? What are you tasting? Um, and you're working your way through it all to get to your final conclusion, which is uh, region, grape, vintage. Um, so you're literally going to vintage too. Wow. Vintage. What's vintage? Um, vintage the is the year. Oh oh okay. So yeah, I, I wouldn't work because I was always like the kid in math that always uh, threw away his uh, scrap sheet to not show his work. So I, right. wouldn't, I wouldn't pass. I, I was the same. It's like, how did you get there? I don't know. Uh, it's I, in the know I, took, I took a guess. Right. <laughs> I took a guess and it was right. <laughs> right. Where's your worksheet? Uh, I ripped up in the garbage already. So you got to say the actual vintage. Cause like, you know, you can get like the, the, the great mate, maybe, Right, the re the region, probably actually the region might be easier. The great might, be, but the the vintage that's and that's and, a lot. That's hard. That's well, and the thing hard. is, you're so say you say you're drinking a wine and you're like, okay, this is a Burgundy. Okay, so you've gone from country 
down to region, then you've got to nail it down. You've got to drill down a little deeper. What part of Burgundy? Because every part of Burgundy uh, has different nuances that's going to come out in the wine, right? So what what's particular? Are you in are you in uh, Merceau? Are you in Givre Chambertin? What what specific region within are you? Because each one has got its little nuances. So if you're getting to that specific, if you're if your skill set is that good, you're picking out the differences between within the region. So okay, great. I got the grape. I got the country. I know it's Burgundy. Now, what's the little nuances? This one's more floral, or this one's got this, this one's got that, this one's higher tannins. Therefore, it's going to be this region, or this region, or this region. And then, yeah, and then boom. Okay, well, 15 was a really warm year. Okay, so that means it's going to be a little ripe. That's, that's fucking hardcore. That's crazy. Because I know that one of, the, one of the things that my buddy had, had taught me that, like, I, I took a couple of wine classes in college because I, I needed to uh, hold on to my full-time status, so I had to fill in some of the blank spaces on the calendar. So wines of the world one, wines of the world two. Uh, but they were teaching that you can actually look at um, uh, the, the, the coloring of the wine when you, when you, I forgot what they call it. When you tilt the glass, you can look at the edges and the meniscus to see if it, if it fades. And, and the more it fades, the older it is, some of the, the younger wines are kind of the color goes all the way to the edge. So I'm assuming that they probably do a similar technique to help them pick the vintage. Yeah, there's kind of a, it's kind of like a grid that they use where they, 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 you have to be systematic, right? And so they'll, they'll look at the, yeah, the alcohol content of the wine, which is there's, you can, you can look at the wine and tell that you can also, when you taste it, there's different tips and tricks you can do to, to determine how much, because you're starting to have to narrow it down, right? So it's, it's not what, you know, you can't just be like, oh, a low, medium, high, Right, you've you've you start to develop these these tricks where, after a certain point, you can say, well, because it's doing this, it's got to be between say this percentage and this percentage, and therefore because because of this, I'm going to look at this region or you know it's, it's it's higher alcohol, it's generally warmer regions, right? So it's going to be New World perhaps, or it's going to be like Australian or you know bigger wines, right? So you start to have to narrow it down, narrow it down. And so in your mind, you're almost like, it's like a grid. It's, it's the, um, they have a tasting grid. So you're checking off boxes in your head. Okay, it's got this, this, this. And it's got this, this, this. This is leading me this way. It's almost like a flow chart. This is leading right, me this right, way, leading right. me this way. And then where is, it, where is it finally leading me, right? So all these different tricks that they do to kind of narrow yourself down to the point where you're like, okay, it's going to be between, you know, maybe two or three wines. Then you just like, gotta take a chance. And then you gotta take a chance. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I can imagine like if you're if you <laughs> you're work you're you're studying so much and you finally get to it and then like, all right, you're on this path, you're on this path, you're like, all right, this is it, this is the one I'm going for. And they're like, nah, it's like way over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'd be like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and so among other things in this in these psalm documentaries, they're really well done, by the way. I I totally recommend them. The one of the guys, so they, they, they show them after the blind tasting and they show them uh, talking about what the wines were. Cause they all, you know, everybody gets together after the, the, all the tastings are obviously individual. Right. And then, so they are, they're all talking, well, what'd you, what'd you think? What'd you think? What'd you think? And then it's like, well, I was thinking this, Oh really? Well, these two guys said this, we both can't be right. <laughs> so right, somebody right, didn't right. do it and somebody did, you know, it sounds like every math test I ever took after every class. What was it? What was the answer to that problem? It was X. It was X. I had Y. What do you mean? I had X too. I was always my. I was always me. I was always the one with the Y. Or the guys that. Or the guys that go. Uh, what'd you think of the question on the back? There was a back. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, I didn't write my name on top of the test. That's ten points. <laughs> yeah, I had that once. There's a backstage. So, 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 Ian, what? So, you are drinking something now. So, what are you? Oh, yes. What are you drinking? We told you what we're drinking. What are you drinking? Well, here's another. Here's another thing I, I wanted to talk about before I forget. Was let's talk about labeling and uh, branding for cigars and and wine. So, check out that. Right. I like it. Oh, that dog, cool. a butterfly on a barrel. And so they've got this whole 
they've got this whole, they call it the hobo series where the guys, the guys are all like these, they got like this total series of all these guys are all like these hobo looking guys. And so they've got a whole, a whole bunch of different labels that are all, uh, you know, have got this kind of cool vibe to them. So it's the same with cigar boxes and the same with, with, um, with the packaging, right? Oh yeah. Eric's, um, Eric's big on, on cigar labels. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's like, it's, I think it has to do something with my background and my family. Like I have a history of like painters in my family and I've always liked to draw and I was always attracted to bright colors and cool pictures. Like I used to like football teams based on their colors like the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Carolina Panthers. I was like those type of teams. And then um, as I was getting into cigars, I didn't really know about cigars. So I just picked the cigars with the coolest label. So like my father, uh, Arturo Fuente, those guys always had cool labels. So that's what always attracted me to their cigars before I actually knew what I was actually getting. But uh, it does play. It does play. I have a marketing background. So it does play uh, into the perception of things and how you view things for sure. Yeah, I uh, I totally I, I totally agree too because I'm I'm more of the I like more of the elegant looking bands you know Arturo Fuente, Padron, Davidoff they have a very elegant look to them and I find now that I'm thinking of it I find myself doing the same thing when it comes to wine if I'm going to the store I'm looking at different wines I like looking at just like the classic elegant mm-hmm. looking labels I'm not really attracted to a lot of the um, fancy artwork and i see some labels that have like some graffiti on them or some of these great i like more of the simple colors like the cream label with a nice script i like i'm attracted to i find myself attracted more to those than to some of the newer creative labels but that's just me personally yeah and and, uh yeah like you can see like you can see here my on my my back of my phone these are all these like examples that stuff like stick out to me we got the Opus X, La Flor de Santilla. What else we got here? The, obviously the Padron. The Flor de La the Flor de La Santilla one is very it's very nice because it's uh it's almost like it kind of reminds me of of like the Sistine Chapel. It's like a painting of Leonardo da Vinci, like this beautiful, elegant painting. And I'm looking at the label, I go, that looks beautiful. Yeah. And I pick it up, and it happens to be one of my favorite smokes, but that's the kind of ones that it's, it's a very elegant looking label. Yeah. Same. That's what I'm saying. My father, they have a lot of those. They have like a good amount of those elegant, um, what do you call them? Like artworks. So that was yeah. uh, what originally attracted me. It's like a class. It's a classy looking uh, label. Exactly. Yeah. And even like you said, even with wine, like sometimes like pen folds, right? It's just simple like I said, white background, red light, red, red writing, simple, you know what I mean? And, and it just, sometimes that, even that simplicity attracts your eye. Like you say that you're talking about classic or elegant, an elegant look, sometimes just that not so busy. Right. And so sometimes on that end, you, you look at it and you're like, just clean, clean lines. Right. And, uh, you know, even the French ones, when you've got just like a little Chateau, nice little writing, very, very straightforward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's similar. I think of, uh, like, one I can think right off the bat is um, is Camus. Yeah. The Camus label, it's got that, it's kind of like a yellow, like a yellowish uh, tint, like a background, but it's got like a nice outline. It almost looks like a, a frame, like a picture frame, if you will. And then it's just got Camus on it. And then it's got the vintage and everything else. But there's really no crazy artwork. It's just a nice, neutral, calm color with a, a nice label on it. It happens to be like, I like uh, the Josh. Really I like the Josh label. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. At the black, at the black script, and it just says Josh. It looks classy. It looks nice. That's all. That's it. Yeah. Joseph Phelps is like that too, I believe, because one of our favorite wines, my girlfriend and I, we love Joseph Phelps, and um, I believe they have a very simple, classy label as well. It's just like you said, just background, no crazy artwork, just the, the name. Yeah, and uh, I like the Josh one as well, and that's a that's a good wine. Um, actually, I tried to have him on. Uh, he was up for a wine festival up in Vancouver. I was trying to get, I was trying to get him on and, uh, hasn't happened yet. Again, patient, persistent, you know, keep, keep plugging mm-hmm. away. <laughs> so, so Ian, so can you, so Eric and I are not big wine drinkers on the podcast. We do enjoy wine as we're obviously talking about, about it right now, but what would you, 
like what are some good wines that you could recommend, whether it be um, a full-bodied Napa Cab or more of a fruity Pinot Noir? What would some could be some wines you could re- recommend that we try? Maybe we'll have them on the podcast. Some specific, some specific ones. Yeah, something that like you know, what's your your everyday go-to? What's one of your maybe wines you want to splurge a little bit on? Like, could you give us some recommendations? Because Eric and I don't really know a whole lot when it comes to wine. Yeah, it's like when people ask us about cigars. We're gonna ask you about a wine now. Let me think. Let me give me a minute or two to think about that, and I can um, I can even fire you guys off a, a a quick list of what's available, especially down your way. You get a little region specific sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, so I end up drinking a little bit of Okanagan up in my my neck of the woods, right? So I will I will have some California as well sometimes, uh, and I go French as well. Um, that's kind of my, my regions that I, I, I will hit more often than not in Italian as well. But let me think about that for a second. And, uh, I can always fire you guys a message uh, off there. Yeah. Are you, have you ever had, um, are you in California or are you in Canada? Up in Canada, up in Vancouver. Oh, I want to go out there. I've heard many good things about Vancouver. Well, that's the thing is the, the region, the wine region we have up there, it's kind of like, it's kind of like New York is kind of like Virginia and, and like Finger Lakes and stuff, right? We're very, it's very similar. I was just going to ask you, I was just going to ask you if you ever had any Finger Lakes, because that's the two regions in New York are Finger Lakes and then out east on Long Island. There's like Martha Vineyards out there, but yeah. Finger Lakes is a, is a big one. So have you had some Finger Lake wine? I haven't. Okay, let me put you this way. I've had an odd, the odd one, but it's so hard to get out here. Like Virginia, I've never had Virginian wines, and I have a ton of people who listen to the show in, in like Connecticut, Virginia, um, you know, uh, New York and stuff. And I, 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 I always feel bad because I never, I've never had a chance because there's no, there's supply and demand. There's nothing out here, right? So it doesn't make its way up, up, up our way. I don't know what the, I don't know what this is, but I'm already <laughs> half a bottle of wine to this. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna be going for some steak later, so I can't be drinking uh, the whole bottle. Otherwise, it, it would be pretty much gone. That's too funny. Yeah, one of my good friends who actually is in New York, she has a uh, she has an Instagram um, called Grape Chic, C H I I C Grape Chic. She always talks about the Finger Lakes and talks about all the New York kind of New York wines and stuff. So I highly recommend checking out her her Instagram because she's uh, she's got some good stuff for for that for that area. Great chic, I'm gonna check it out right now. Yeah, yeah. I have a, there's a we were up in last time I was up in the Finger Lakes. I actually went to a Niagara Falls and we had drove up. We had flew up to meet my friends in Rochester. Um, I went to school in in Rochester, New York, and we had some friends there. So we went to the Finger Lakes wineries to kind of hang out for the day, and then we went to Niagara Falls. And I remember I brought back a uh, I had this. There was two things. I had. To, I brought back this port that was absolutely delicious, and mm-hmm. it's still sitting in there, um, just waiting for. Uh, I don't. I again. I don't know if you can age ports. I, I would assume because the yeah, higher alcohol content that you can yeah. really age them a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, but I also have. They had like a. It almost tasted like an apple schnapps, but I think it was just a, um, like a fermented apple, like apple cider, fermented apple cider. Um, that was that was phenomenal i got both of those bottles and again i was just assuming that because of the high alcohol you can kind of let them sit for a little bit yeah i I would say i would say high alcohol the high high tannins and high acid are and that's why like those california cabs can can sit for quite a while as just as one example a lot of that is because of higher tannins it just can it just can sit it can like i've got some i've got some that are i don't know 12 15 years old um, and they could probably go up to 20, uh, before I would start to worry about it, you know what I mean? But then, then again, it's like, well, I'm going to wait five more, eight more years. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it, would you, would you recommend that whenever you get a bottle of that higher, the higher tannins, the high, like the Napa cabs, whenever you get a bottle, would you recommend that you do age it a little bit because it'll taste a little bit better than opening it right away? So, okay. So there's, there's two answers in my mind. Um, first of all, well, it depends how many you have, right? If you could, if you could have one and still have a couple to put away, you know what I mean? Like if you say you, you buy a two or three, right. And then you can, you can at least put, put a couple away. There's something to be said about young wine and something to be said about older wines, right? So it's what you like. 
in wines, right? So if you like both, then I would 100% say you can age, you can age it and put it away. Um, but some people, some people like younger, greener wines, right? They like the taste of it. Some people don't necessarily like older wines, aged wines, right? Because it's got that, sometimes you got that drier fruit, leather, cedar, right? Some of those things that come out of those wines when you age it, some people don't necessarily like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would personally, I would say that I would probably age them because I like those flavors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had one of a friend of mine um, had purchased, we were out to dinner and they had purchased a bottle of Camus. Yeah. And I had actually, I had not had Camus at the time. And I asked, Hey, can I, can I try that? And I tried it and I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't really, I didn't really like it as much as I was hoping to like it. Cause you know, Camus is a big name. And I said, you know, I would, I was hoping to really enjoy the wine. So I talked to my buddy that was the sommelier and he said, Oh, you, you got to let it age a little bit. He goes, I was too young. It was only a year old. He said for that wine, you should probably let it age a little bit. So that all the, the that, those leather and um, fuller notes come out. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay. So then I tried it again, one that was like five, six years old. And I said, oh, okay. I, I enjoy it a lot more now. So now that, you, now that you're saying it, it's making sense in my mind. So that's probably why I liked it more. So if you, if you get something from the winery, there's a chance that if you get it, they may have just bottled it and it would be something that would have to wait. You'd have to wait on it, right? As opposed to going to the liquor store, going to the beer and wine store, where a lot of the stuff there is basically ready to go, ready to go. Let's say, you know what I mean? Like, so they'll, most of the stuff in a, in a, in a liquor store is ready to consume. But if you get it from a winery or it's, you know, shipped to you or whatever, like I've got wine that I get shipped from, from overseas that it's, I know I'm going to have to wait on it because they literally just bottled it and then shipped it. So a lot of the wines in stores are basically ready to go not saying you can't sit on it, uh, but right. you know what I mean? Like it's, they basically have taken that into consideration of when they're putting it on the shelf for you. And, and they're basically saying, yeah, it's been, it's already been pre-aged or whatever. And, and now it's kind of ready to go and they put it on the shelf. Yeah. So I think it's the same thing. And I, I'll defer to Eric because he's actually, um, he's rolled cigars before and he's taken the rolling class and stuff. And I think it's the same thing. Well, I know it's the same thing with, with cigars, where once, as soon as you roll it, as soon as they're finished rolling the cigars, you have to let them sit a little bit. And mm -hmm. Eric actually had done that and had a collection of cigars. And I don't know if he smoked one immediately, let a couple sit a little bit. But Eric, did you find that the same where you have to let them sit for a little bit to kind of let them yeah. rest and let them? I, uh, I, so I, I took a cigar rolling class over the summer in July. And uh, I rolled about 10 cigars and I had one like later that day. And it was eh, it was okay, but then I recently uh, just had the last one of the batch on Super Bowl Sunday, and that one was a a lot better. It smoked better, the the draw was better, the flavors were better. So it definitely says a lot when you age tobacco, when you age wine. Like if if it's supposed to be aged, don't don't tempt into the teas. Let it let that bad boy marinate and uh, consume those flavors that you so so rightly earned. And I think it's the same thing with uh, where you had said some of the, like, like a white wine might not necessarily uh, age as well as a, a fuller bodied red wine. I think it's the same when it comes to cigars. If you have a very mellow, mild cigar, it probably, I mean, you might be able to age a little bit, but you, you typically don't see cigars like that being aged for a long time. It's more of the fuller bodied cigars that age a little bit better. Interesting. And that, and that makes sense for sure. And, and uh, I think we, we both, we are all three of us, I should say, uh, have similar ideas in what we like in cigars too. Cause I'm, I'm very similar. I like, I like, you know, I like a little bit of smoke. I like a little bit of, a little bit of draw, not too much, not too little. Some of the same kind of ideas of, of what, what you like out of a cigar. Right. So. Yeah. And it's interesting cause I, everybody had always asked or always asks us, what cigar, you know, what cigar should I, should I try? Which, what would be a good cigar to, to start out with? And the first question we always ask people is, well, what do you drink? What is your go-to drink? And whether it be, if let's say your go-to drink is beer. Okay. Do you like light beer or do you go for more of those IPAs, double IPAs? If it comes to 
cocktails, are you more of a vodka drinker? Or are you more of a bourbon scotch drinker? When it comes to wine, are you more of a white wine? Are you more of a full of red wine? Because that'll determine what your palate is accustomed to mm. and what type of flavors you typically enjoy. And then we would recommend, all right, if you like a white wine, maybe go with a mellow cigar because you're, you're used to those floral, fruity flavors. You might enjoy a mellow cigar better than a fuller cigar. If you Like for you, you said you like those the smoky flavors, a little bit more of the richer flavors, some of the chocolates, the spices, the heavier bodied leather flavors, but you typically drink red wine. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. Well, even my, even my scotch, uh, scotch too. you said you had bottles of scotch in there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like the PD, I like the PD, uh, I like the PD scotches and stuff. Right. And that's, I've talked about scotch a little bit on the show as well here and there. Cause we, we did a trip through Scotland and, uh, just the PD, nice PD smoky scotches. Right. So it makes sense that you really enjoy your uh, Padron cigars then. They yes. pair certainly well with a PD scotch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, gents, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to leave it there for now. I really appreciate you guys uh, hanging out, man. Oh, no thank you very much for having us. Yeah. We appreciate thank it. It's a good time. I think we're going to leave it there for now. Thanks for listening. For more wine conversation and podcast updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Ian's Wine Truths. Check out our website for great photos of our guests. Friendsofthevine.podbean.com Take care. Have a blast for me.